Welcome back everybody to another episode of the Fearless Training Raw Knowledge Podcast with your host as ever, myself, Alex Connor, where we talk pretty much about everything these days, raw, real, in your face. It's a bit of a different setting this week and if you've already seen the thumbnail, you probably have an inclination of why we are here. So today, I've got with me Rob Bampton. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, absolute pleasure, absolute (laughs) pleasure. Now, I know some people are gonna kind of make some guesses from, you know, the thumbnail, the title, (laughs) but tell us who you are, what you do, and more importantly, why. And then maybe even if someone asks you, you know, what do you do for work? Mm. How would you describe that now? Um, Yeah, look, it's a pretty interesting one. I'm pretty diverse in what I do. I'd say I'm I'm an entrepreneur. and started off with a wedding photo and video business, which I kind of, you know, did pretty well with, um, made good money, and then pretty much, so I've been doing documentary films for a few years now, and I got the job of actually filming a plant medicine retreat. And they said to me, come along, we wanna cover the positive side of plant medicine, because there is a little bit of a negative stigma attached to it, and I was like, at the time, I didn't know much about it, or my mum had actually done ayahuasca. She said it was all amazing, but I'm like, mum, you're a bit weird, but sure. Um, yeah, so basically, long story short, I ended up, they offered me to try the medicine, and I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give it a go, and then that changed everything. And, and I think long, like, for me, what I thought was possible going into that just got shattered. Absolutely, like, my mind was open to anything's possible. Like, so it just allowed me to dream bigger, um, it amplified the things that are in my life and I almost got to see what was important. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's taken me down a path of oh, um, online courses, sex coaching, OnlyFans, um, yeah, so. Awesome, dude. Um, but before we digress into a lot of those other avenues, because yeah. there's so many of the yeah. things I want to talk to you about today, it's uh, incredibly thought-provoking topics. Um, you know, a lot of people have sort of misconceptions about psychedelics. I know it's something that I've read up on over the past years. I've not tried any as yet. I'm getting curious. I do think, again, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. With that, you know, with those experiences, um, and I guess maybe if you even want for some of the audience to kind of summarize what a psychedelic is, I know a lot of people will know, but there'll be a few people that might be getting that confused with different Mm -hmm. drugs. Maybe just summarize what that is, uh, the type that you did, which you mentioned before, but also the effect, and then how that changed you, whether Mm. it was the thought process, because I think this is the really juicy bit, right? Because often people go, oh, I can have a bad experience or a bad trip. But again, it depends on the dosage, the environment, the intention we were talking before the podcast. So maybe let's sort of tear through that first, because that will kind of set the tone for the rest of the podcast. You've definitely nailed it as far as the intention and the setting. So I was lucky I did it the proper way. I did it with a shaman and you could imagine, it's like a, I think it was like a 13 day retreat. So wow. they, they set you up to be time. in the right mindset. Yeah. Because that's as important. So, so this, uh, I remember this exact moment, right? You climb up onto this stage and they've got a big net behind you. And you've got a, I got to the top and I'm so used to being a typical male when I've got a bit of fear, I'll just push through it and I'll just jump, you know, I'll fall, I'll fall backwards into the net. I'll push myself through the, and I got up the top and, she, and uh, the, the lady that ran said, ah, uh-uh, stop, feel the fear and surrender to it. So it wasn't me pushing through that barrier and just getting it over and done with. It was actually feeling it, breathing it in and surrendering to it and then falling back. And then 
when it came to doing the psychedelics, I had that exact same feeling and I felt fine because I'd experienced it, breathed into it, and then, you know, kind of a, um, it went down a path. And that was with ayahuasca. And on this retreat, we actually do a few. We do cambo, which is a, a frog. Right. And it's like the, pretty much they burn it into your skin. Interesting. And, and the, the purpose of that and the reason we do it first is it's a flush. It flushes your body out. Is this where you get like the purging? Is it, does it come from? Pretty, a, a lot of them you're purging, but yes, the, there is a fair bit of it in cambo. So um, it does, it, it cleanses out your body. So that when you go into ayahuasca, which is like cambo, you can do over an hour and it's kind of just a cleansing. You will probably purge a lot. And then ayahuasca is like a minimum six hour journey. And for me, that experience was I went somewhere else. It's the first time I've ever gone somewhere else. And like I'd always watch those sort of TV series and stuff where there's like alternate realities. And, you know, I've always thought it was bullshit. But once you've been somewhere else, you're like, oh, I know how they came up with that storyline. Because for me, it felt like I lived 50 years like genuinely every moment of 50 years, but in another timeline. It was like another Rob in another timeline. That's the only way to explain it. Shit. And when I came out of it, I was like, that world is more real than this world for a little while. I was like, how, how, how is that not real? I couldn't believe that that wasn't real. That's how, I guess, lifelike the experience is. Mm, but the most vivid dream. Oh yeah, crazy. But well, the times ten because I think we can all relate. You know, you've had the dream. You wake up and you, depending on how the dream went, you sort of go, oh bugger, mm. that wasn't that wasn't real. Or shit, I'm glad that wasn't real. Depending on again the outcome. But what's fascinating to me is what people recall, like yourself, when they go through these experiences. And there seems to be, you know, a bit of a, a common theme where people say, you know, it's hard to describe. It's hard to unless you've done it. But it almost you're somewhere else. You're somewhere else. People often say that they speak to different beings um, and everything, again, is, is vivid, is, is more real than life. You, you mentioned there you felt like you went into the future. Is that from, were you in like a third person perspective uh, seeing yourself living your life or were you, you 50 years from now but the same age? Like, can you maybe describe that a bit more? So it was more probably like me um, in, it, the exact same person but living another life but probably from like 20 to 50 sort of thing you know what i mean i lived that whole period but in it, it well it's almost like if i had my life again it, it could be different right i'm with you yeah i'm, so with, I'm gonna use an analogy because yep. i like vampires yeah it's as almost as if you've lived a longer period of time but you've not aged like physiologically, yeah. but you've done it from a mental perspective. So you have all of this foresight and this wisdom and this sort of, I guess, patience and perspective, yeah. if you will. Is that yeah. kind of along the well, same yeah, lines? Yeah, exactly. And so, but for me, that the whole purpose of that journey was a self-love thing. And I know that's a little bit, this is a bit deeper, but for me- This is good, no, it's, yeah. it's good though. Yeah, and like, so I had two kids and I had a wife and like, it was like, I, I remember the moment holding her hand at birth, like, so clearly and what it actually did was the the, the the outcome of that first journey was i realized that the level of love you have for yourself is the level of love that you can give to others and i that version of me had so much more love to give because he loved himself more that's why he had enough love for a family and it was just like 
it just made like so much sense after that. You know what I mean? But before that, I, I just didn't really get it. I thought, you know, you talk about self-love and stuff like that, but actually feeling a lot of these things is the different. Embodying, like I've done a lot of Tony Robbins and I knew all the right things, but when you've actually felt it, it's completely different. Mm. 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 It makes a lot of sense. What, what was the protagonist then for you to actually go and seek this out? Was it a part of self-love and self-discovery? Uh, or was it a negative or a positive experience? Or was it just something that you were gonna do, go overseas and have this experience? Well, I got paid to do it, it was work. So it just came to me. I see. Yeah. But, and it wasn't anything that you go, oh yeah, I've, thought I, want, I wanted to do that. Was it just like, oh, it's just another job, let's do it? No, it, it was definitely perfect timing. You know, it was one of those things where if it was a year earlier, I wouldn't have been keen. But it was just at the perfect time in my life where I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm ready for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then to take it a step further, a few days later, I did 5-MeO-DMT, which is the strongest psychedelic in the world. Right. It's basically normal DMT. This is 10 times stronger than normal DMT. How, how do they discern or, or create that? Yep, so, so 5-MeO-DMT is from a toad in, in, in Mexico, mm-hmm. and they actually squeeze this gland on the side of it, and th- they get its little kind of pus out, and they dry it out, and that is 5-MeO-DMT. And, and how do you consume it? So you smoke it. Right, the, yeah, okay, a, that's the traditional yeah. way. In a pipe or a joint? Pipe. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and just, yeah, describe that for us then. So the, the, there's actually a video of me doing it, but... Um, okay. Yeah, and you, you see me do it, and I just go limp, completely limp, and I just fall to the ground. And for me, it looks really scary. It looks real, I can give you the footage if you want. Yeah, yeah. But it looks really <laughs> scary. I just screamed for a good five or six minutes, just screamed like I was dying. Wow. And for me, that was, I'd also had the experience of filming other people do it and it scared the shit out of me because it looks full on. And so that was the fear in me. Yeah. And the best way to describe what happened. So when I originally did it, I was like, yeah, I want to be on the earth. But I was like, oh, there's ants everywhere. I don't really want to be on the ants. And when I came out of it, I was like, I am an ant. Like, you know, and, and, and the ants were calling on me and I was like, this is so cool. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it was just like very much an ego death for me. It was like surrendering to that. that. There was a moment where I stopped screaming and I just started smiling and felt the sun on me. And it was almost like that, you know, you hear people again talk about, you know, we're all one sort of stuff and I never got it. But once I had that moment where I was like, all this stuff that I'm making a big deal, it really isn't that big of a deal. Like, you know, so mm. yeah, that was my first experience in Nepal doing plant medicine. That does actually resonate a lot, I mm. think. Because like you said, there's, it's one thing understanding a concept, but it's another thing to really internalize and apply it. You know, and, and we're all guilty of that, myself included. And I think this is where that curiosity comes from. There seems to be this knowledge and foresight and this positive experience, again, doing it in the right environment. That comes from this experience where I feel it would be almost a dishonor or a disservice not to perhaps you know, go through this because I feel like it could complement one's life and not, not to say it would, you know, people will talk about relationships, you know, you complete me. And I think that's not the right concept. I think yeah, that, that you're always kind of sort of on the back foot if you're thinking that you need someone else to complete you. But, you know, so it's not almost filling a void, but I feel like it perhaps might offer uh, a different perspective or a feeling where people can really go, ah, uh, yeah, I've sort of heard and talked about all this, but now I kind of get it. That seems to be a, a common theme again, where people have gone to this and gone, mm, I, I've got wisdom. So the people seem a bit more relaxed, yeah. a bit more at peace. Yeah. They're sort of just like, they know a joke that no one else is getting. Yeah, 
Yes. Oh my. And, and I've seen people do that. Like, be honest, but of course, how did I not? You know, so it's almost like, you, like a lot of people can zoom out and look at their life and see it from a normal perspective rather than your conditioning or your beliefs about yourself. You can look at it and go, oh, you know, like, why, why am I, you know, why am I sabotaging myself or that's a limiting belief or, mm. you know, you just kind of get that. Yeah. yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. It seems it just like takes away all the minutia and all of the maybe the conscious brain, so you can just actually focus on what's important. Yeah. What, what when you um you said you you taken it, you, you were screaming, and then you felt you know you started smiling. Can can you recall what you were visualizing through those moments? Not really. Or was it is it all very just so intense? Can you can you recall was, anything in that? Experience? Yeah. Well, I mean, watching the video was I couldn't watch it through. Yeah, watching you, yourself. Yeah. yeah, just watching me. I look in so much pain. And it's more just that, I think that's what it was. Like things that I held negatively within myself, that I was holding it and I was like, let it go, just let it go. You know what I mean? Like, and the, there's definitely a moment where I just kind of, yeah, like it was like my ego died and I was like, that's, that's the best way to explain it, an ego death. It makes yeah. a lot of sense, mm. actually, Robert. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah no, I think a lot of people could benefit from that, and they probably have a lot more peace and serenity in their life, oh. as well as clarity too. Which I think is hard because we just get caught up in, like you said, this one of the many things is ego, isn't it? All of these superficial factors, and we're so concerned and worried. And like you said, half the time they don't mean anything, mm. and when we stop worrying about them, we see other things which are worth our time. And then we live a happier life and all those other things just sort themselves out. And that's the greatest irony. It's almost like we need to go back to go forward yes. in some respects. Mm. So now let's talk about how that's led to where you are today yeah. and what you're doing, which <laughs> seems to be now the talk yeah. of the town, yeah. OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah, so from there, um, like a month later, we went to Mexico. Same crew, um, all, new, all new guests, and they gave me the opportunity again. I didn't do... Campo and 5, uh, 5MEO this time. I just did Ayahuasca. Right. And that was a totally different experience. It was basically from from that point on, it was showing me what I think my path is, what what, what my what was what I'm really passionate about and what I could do with it. And um, at that time, I'd done nothing like this. And yeah, because you were straight edge. Yeah, straight, straight edge. And um, like I was adventurous sexually, but... I hadn't really put that out there. Um, and within a few weeks of like doing that experience, I had a YouTube channel that I was you know, talking about sex and, and my, the whole experience gave me the belief that I can do whatever. And what happened on that journey, I saw each thing. So I remember celebrating my you know, millionth um, subscriber and I remember like, helping people that are in the same situation as me. And I remember seeing myself living this life and I actually felt it like we were talking about. It's not like a, I want to do that. I did it and I achieved it and I felt the success and I knew I could get through the hard times and that's made actually doing it so much easier because I've already felt that, you know what I mean? I already know I can do it. Yeah, it's almost like a, a self-confidence, a self-belief that's sort yeah. of reinforced, if you will. Yeah, and you know, so that took me first down YouTube, which I did, and, and I was just doing a lot of my sex coaching on a, a doll, a, a female torso. Quick quick intervention. Do yeah. you know who Charles Black is then, Don of Desire? You would know oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been a guest. He's one of my oh. most downloaded podcasts. <laughs> yes. Me and him chat 
all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a top bloke. His voice is so good too. Yeah. For you guys, because yeah. you guys always keep asking yeah. to get Charles back yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. We've got another one here. Yeah. yeah got a, so, got a yeah. Rob Bampton special. Yeah. So you need to get get on his stuff. Yeah, so I do the same, so lo- like lots of similar stuff. Is your like, channel still running though? No, it got deleted. So like his yeah. shit. Yeah, it was bullshit. So, so in one day on YouTube, I went from having 80 videos they deleted 60 in one day. They changed their, poli- their terms and, and, but that is what led me to OnlyFans. I was gonna say, I, it's almost as if YouTube were going, yeah, we can't do this medium here, but there will be another pipeline for this. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it was just pretty much, they were like, I, I, I had videos taken down that was just me talking about sex. That's, yeah, it's a bit rough. Yeah. I, I, I do know a few people actually who, in a similar boat where they're not, explicitly talking about that mm. thing that's talking about life, yeah. but just very raw, and even yeah. they had to leave. Yeah, But it was almost like, because they had, a, it's successful channels as well. I think when you're getting so much monetization and exposure, I think, oh, no, you can't have that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry, so, but, but But that was the positive out of it. I was like, right, I can't do my stuff on YouTube anymore. Um, my girlfriend at the time was like, why don't you do them on me? And like your demonstrations on me, I was like, all right. So we we um, made a Pornhub, and uh, actually Pornhub was before um, OnlyFans. Right. So and, and it was just tutorials. So we did like all the how-to stuff. We did like um, sex positions. We did like top, our top ten sex positions, but we'd actually show you how to get into them, yeah. how to do them, and. Some of my videos on Pornhub now still have over 10 million views. I was just going to say, how did that go? Because it's almost like it's not porn as someone would necessarily search it. But then again, I know there'll be people who out there have a fetish for that. But I mean, it's almost like, okay, not only are you watching porn, but you're learning something. Oh, it was, And it, I know a lot of couples like to put something on and act it, but then they're like, ah, but this is actually good. Mm. Like, we actually can, it's not just a role play, it's actually like, no, there's real shit. Yeah, and, and that is what, that was my niche. Because you can imagine how many couples there are out there having sex. <laughs> exactly. But for me, I'm like, actually what's the, what, yeah, why, why are you going to watch you? Yeah, yeah, and that was my niche, and that's why, I, that's how I got started. It was just purely education, and um, yeah, it just kind of went from there, and then we went to the subscription of OnlyFans, and yeah, that, that, that took a little while because you don't really, I guess I was mainly focusing on my online course, and then when all of a sudden I was like, wow, this OnlyFans thing is, is really, really a thing, and we started to, so, uh, so we started to, we did a scene with another couple, Right, it was like a swinger scene, and they were they were making like three hundred thousand a month. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. I've heard of people making a hundred thousand a month, but yeah, three hundred thousand. Jesus, that's real then. Um, and and I've seen their statements, and they've yeah, they're they're well in the seven figures. Wow. At this stage, yeah, a month. Oh no, like total. Oh, total. So, yeah, 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 yeah. But but like three hundred thousand a month is like a, a standard mm. sort of. Wow. Yeah, and, and three hundred thousand dollars a month. That's yeah, a lot of coin. Yeah, and um, sex sells. And started doing obviously more research, and because I'm a bit of a nerd, I was like, right. And there was a numbering system. There was a percentage system, right? Mm, mm. And I've always been like that. Whether it's gaming or whatever, I'm like, oh, I want to be top one percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you know? figure the algorithm out. Yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, right, I'm gonna. I want to be top one percent. And this couple that we shot with were top point zero something zero zero eight or something so they were they, they were pretty up there um and yeah so that kind of got things rolling and then uh, me and my partner broke up um but 
And it, funnily enough, I actually thought it would limit me originally, but what I've since learned, and this will blow your mind and probably your mind as well, is think of how many females are out there with OnlyFans that are looking for guys to do content with. Guys that are professional, guys that will, will actually be a win-win. So if they come on mine, they get exposure to all mine. So that just blew things to the next level. Um, yeah, and it's still kind of going. I know we spoke a, bit, a little bit about the Instagram video that I put up yesterday, but like, yeah, it's definitely mind-blowing what's, what's possible. And I still always try and have at least the realness to it. I'm not a big fan of anything that's like, oh, it's my stepsister and she's stuck in the drawer. Like, yeah, you want some sort yeah. of like realism. And, and that's why I think OnlyFans is doing so well. Because mm. it's real people having real sex and so on and so forth. Yeah, it's not so much actors to a degree. No. Although there is the elements, I guess, of it in there and storylines, etc. Mm. So what, um, I guess, what's a day in the life like? I'd like to talk through that yeah. for you at the minute. Yeah. But I, I guess, uh, you know, I've heard different things as well. I, I may know the people you're referring to, the 300K. I'm not sure if they're the same people. Because how, how, actually, before we do that, because yeah. a day in the life is always great. People yeah. love a day in the yeah, life, yeah. mate. Oh, day in the life, mate. Yeah. Um, let's talk about... For people who are not aware, obviously they've got some level. How does OnlyFans work though? Yeah. From a monetization perspective, yeah. we kind of know what it is and if you don't, what have you been doing? Um, but how does it work? I've heard there's some level of um, multi-level marketing to it where if you then sign other people up, you get a percentage of their income, yeah. et cetera. I don't know, yeah. maybe that's not the best way to term yeah. it. But. No, so look, uh, I guess I'll start from what makes you the most money and that is subscriptions. So right. uh, imagine it being like Instagram. It's literally like Instagram. You've got a feed and you've got a story. Right. Um, and people pay to see that. So just say there's a hot model that you have followed on Instagram. She'll make an OnlyFans. She'll show you more that is on that than is on her Instagram. Makes sense. And you'll pay ten dollars a month, twenty dollars a month. Makes sense. Right. Um, and then outside of that, you can like you want to add value within that feed. So, you know, maybe they'll do nude photos on their feed. So you're mm. still getting, and mm. then they might sell videos as an extra. So they call that pay-per-view. So then you might pay $30 a video as well, stuff like that. So um, does that kind of help describe yes. how you're making money? And then, like I said, there's a referral system. So I've got quite a few people that signed up under me um, and I get 5% of everything that they make. Right. And they, that, that may not sound like a lot, but the people that I've signed up made 160K last month. So I get about eight, seven and a half, eight K. That's not bad for yeah. doing nothing. Just for signing them up. And I guess the cool thing about signing it up through me is I'll give them a shout out of mine, which gives them exposure. And I have actually just made a course called OnlyFans 10X, which is just taking people through how to make money with OnlyFans. There you go. Mm. So for, for all you listening who are going to do it, because I know a few of you will, Yeah. check that out. We'll put, we'll put the links in as yeah, well. Sweet. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. And, like, the reason I think I keep being successful is I'm giving a lot back. So I've hired an apartment. This will probably tie in the day of light, but I've hired an apartment. Mm -hmm. I pay for it all myself. I have a full-time videographer, and I do all the editing. And so they come in, and obviously they get to shoot with me. But it's yeah. just such a win-win for them. Because they might get a few thousand subscribers, they get a professional video job done, and but for me, obviously, it, the win-win is I get the variety. I get new people, 
So it, that's why it just keeps working. I just keep giving to them. And it's the same with the course. I I'm gonna guarantee that I can 10 times whatever they're making now on OnlyFans. Mm, mm. And if I don't, that's fine. I'll, go, I'll give you money back. Yeah. But it's just adding that value and it's just gonna help keep growing and growing. And a big part of the reason I did the course is because I'm, I'm speaking at Sexpo about it this year. So it's like all feeding into each other. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's in that common theme, yeah. I guess, of self-love, giving back. Obviously, it's in the sex industry, oh. et cetera, yeah. and it sells, man, yeah. very, very, and everyone's interested in it as well. And I think this is why it's such a popular topic, because even people who are perhaps on the edges of, I wouldn't do that, they're interested. Everyone's interested. Everyone's sort of all curious. It's a little bit taboo. It always has been, yeah. but ultimately, it's part of human nature. So, you know, mm. um, I guess sometimes the urges can get the better of us in, in many respects. I saw a quote the other day and I thought it was amazing. It was, if you watch porn, but you've got something like you look down on sex workers, it's almost like loving muffins, but like hating the baker. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's a great example. <laughs> if you watch porn, then you can't give sex workers shit because you're stressed. Yeah. It's like everyone's got their intention, but sex has this almost, and maybe we can talk about this as well a little bit. It has this demeanor to it where if you work in that industry, um, you, your, your, you know, your value, your perceived value is the way you're a dirty person or you're a bad person. So it's not, it's all contextual as well. There's bad and deceitful people in every industry, but I think because it's so raw and it's so real or it's something that generally now in, in society, something you do behind generally closed doors, right? Or it's a little bit more personal. People sort of go, oh, you can't do that. You know, it's just that and the other. And I think maybe that's why it comes with that stigma but it doesn't inherently make someone a bad person. Mm. I mean, I know I've met a variety of people that I never would have knew what they did behind closed doors. And you find out and you're like, wow, <laughs> wow. But never judge a book by its cover. But that was something I learned early mm. on as well. Let's perhaps move on to a bit of a day in life yep. then. You know, you kind of mentioned before videography. Now you've got content, 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 right? Content is king. Yep. Quality content, continuous content, collaborations, all the C words here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. like. Um, now, obviously, you're getting bigger and bigger projects. You're working with more people. You mentioned before on this feed, the videos, I imagine, are where it's at. They're your money makers, yeah, right? Yeah. So, with these videos, is there a certain, like, what are the prerequisites in terms of time, in terms of how raunchy is it? You know, is it still then based on subscribers or is it? views as well uh, like do you know what sort of mean like YouTube mm. you know do you need a certain amount of views to get the subscribe mm. vice versa or is no you need people to buy in that yeah so it's I've got uh, oh, I've got over 10,000 subscribers now right at $15 a month so um, basically can, can, you set, can you set the monthly price yes oh, yeah. so you can whatever yeah, it, you want it, it can be anything from 50 to 5 okay so there's your yeah. that's, that's your limit okay cool yeah um, and like I said, variety. So day in the life would be, I've been in this apartment three days and I've done 11 scenes in three days, 11 different scenes. Right, how long do, the, do they cap the scenes? Complete, no, complete, complete varying, whatever. Some of them might be like a quick five minute and then we've done like, we did a fivesome um, that probably would have been 40, 50 minutes. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's a full on scene. So one, let's go, what are the softest things that'll make you the money yeah. versus the hardest things that'll make you the money? So I'm definitely the harder end. I'll, I'll, I'll be straight with that. There's so Pun many- intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely the harder end. See, my, my own thing is I've been in the swingers world mm. and I've always loved that group sort of thing. Mm. Um, mm. 
and what we kind of spoke about a little bit before, it's almost like I'm just vlogging my life now and I'm doing it on camera. Yeah, and, fair enough. And the amount of, honestly, you have no idea how many couples and people have said to me, watching you and the way you talk about it has made it, we've now tried it and we've, you know, we're loving it and, you know, stuff like that. Um, especially if you think about it in the way that I encourage people to, and that's just a, like you do it together. And most people have those desires deep down. So why not just be able to explore them together? Mm. And, and you know, for a lot of people, being seen in their desire and it being okay is such a big thing. You know what I mean? If someone accepts you for that, you just want to love them even more. And, you know, so I definitely put it in that way. And I get lots of people saying to me, oh, you know, how do you... I want to have a threesome with my with my girlfriend and another girl. How do I do that? And, and I say, well, have a threesome with another guy first to show that it's not you just trying to have sex with other women and that you're trying to explore together and mm-hmm. try things differently. And then she'll go, oh, okay, yeah, right. And then, you know, that's that's the best way to get you that. Um, but, yeah, so I'll, I'll jump back to day in the life. So um, yesterday, for example, we had two pretty well-known people that came. One of them's worked for Brazzers in America, proper legit porn star, and came in. We discussed what scene, there was five of us, what scene do we want to do first? Okay, let's do girl and girl first. Do you write this out? Do you type no. it out? No, just have a chat, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Cool. Um, and it's always good in that scenario to let girls go first because it like naturally warms up the guys being able to just view and then gets the blood flowing yeah, the right places. yeah 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 and um but even then like yeah so it's 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 still real like we try yeah. and it's not like you know yeah it's not too scripted yeah, like you yeah, said yeah, yeah yeah um and but i'm always thinking about different things to shoot as well like how do i start like we did one where we started off in the pool so it's at least building a bit of tension naturally but also, it's not just like starting on a bed, you know, whatever. So, so yeah, we do that. And then I even, this, this is actually a cool one. I've got a POV helmet. So I put it on. It's got a camera that comes down. And it sits there. So I can still use my hands, but I have the camera in the perfect position. Oh. So for the five, so it's like you're there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for everyone that watches this video, they're going to feel like they're in the five sub. Because I was wearing it the whole time. So I was like looking there, looking there, you know. Yeah, like, getting all the shots. Yeah, in. yeah. And you can see my hands and yeah. So that's like just trying to be different. Ready player one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and because I am have a videography background, I've shot snowboard films and all sorts of stuff, I'm always thinking, what can I do that's different? Yeah, how can you shoot it for a better experience for the viewer? Yeah. Because the more, I guess in some ways, the more realistic it is, the more people can relate and the more they're going to want to subscribe and watch this. Mm. Yeah, and I think as far as like why I've been successful on OnlyFans, you've hit the nail on the head. I'm a guy, so there's a hot girl way of doing OnlyFans, and I don't recommend doing it that way at all, Mm -hmm. because there's also a little bit of ego in it. It's like, Mm. I'm not selling that for anything less than $50, you know, Mm, mm. la la la. But for me, I'm thinking about it as a guy. I'm like, if I pay $20 for this, am I going to go, yes, that was awesome, and buy another one? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how I'm evaluating things, and I'm trying to add enough value so that they resubscribe for the mm. next month because that's important, right? Keeping them resubscribing. Mm-hmm. So I've always looked at it from a guy's perspective, whereas, you know, I guess a lot of hot girls that are on there, they don't really have that advantage. Makes sense. Mm. And, and I think this is probably a good segue then. So people are sat there now. They're going, you beauty, I can make some money here for doing what I want to do. What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about starting OnlyFans mm-hmm. who 
you know, actually wants to take it seriously. Yep. And perhaps the pros and the cons and things to weigh up before they actually enter in this. Because I think, like many things in life, whether it's crypto seems to be really popular at the minute, you know, um, going to work for your mate who's apparently a billionaire can, you know, whatever it is, multi-level marketing, there's fucking all of them out there, isogenics, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. And now there's this, um, there's always something, but again, it, it comes down to what I have found for experience, you've got to actually enjoy something. You've got to have passion for it. I mean, you can make a lot of money, you can make a lot of success doing many, many things. There's a million ways to make a million dollars, but. I have found where success comes with alignment with who you are, your passions and what you like. Because when it does get hard, and it will, because there is effort in this, and I think that's what a lot of people don't consider. They just go, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. But I'm like, yeah, but you've got to do it. And then when you're in it, what is it like with the drawbacks? So I guess maybe give the people some foresight yep. um, to, to give them more clarity and perspective. It's a full-time job, 100%. If you want to take it seriously, I mean, you can dabble in it for a while and see if you enjoy it. Um, like you said, really important that you actually enjoy it. Yes. Um, I know some escorts that went over to doing OnlyFans and they didn't enjoy sex. Mm. So they're not going to do very well because they're not like that kind of, you know, ah, oh, yeah. it's just for money and blah, blah, blah. I think it is important you enjoy it and that you have a niche. That is probably my number one tip. You can't just do it. You've got to have some sort of niche. For me, I'm lucky. I have the sex coaching and... I have the group stuff. So I've got a pretty unique niche mm. um, and so many people that are out there, they don't have a niche. So whether it's foot fetish or, you know, there's, there is honestly a niche for everything. There's a girl that dresses in a cat outfit and there's like- No, I can weird, see that. Yeah. You know, well, I think you, just, you could just literally go on, well, you do your niche. I think that'd be the best thing, whatever, like you're into whatever fetish you're yeah, into. Yeah. But also you could just search it up. Yeah. You could even use the SEO on that to go, hmm, that's a really popular niche mm. or, or something similar to it. Mm. But again, I think it comes down to what you enjoy yourself. Because yeah. you're always more likely to gravitate towards that. Yeah, 100%. And you know it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And ironically, talking about SEO, this is a whole other side thing, but just quickly, mm. the second biggest search term in that world is BBW. Do you know what that is? No, not BBW. Big boned woman. Right. Oh, right. Massive, massive. Jesus, that's a new app. Yeah. Big yeah. bone woman. Yeah. People like the fake girls, Second eh? big, yeah. Second biggest search term. Damn. Milkshake yeah. brings all the so boys like, to the yard. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not super ripped or anything. And I think that's also worked well for me because I'm just a normal guy. And so a lot of guys can see they them relate. They can doing relate. what I'm doing. On that, actually, so, and I think, this is what Aaron was saying as well, who's a, who's a friend, guys, and, and who you'll see in many videos training with me for people who follow the IG. But um, it, he said you, you can't get a lot of guys, a lot of good guys to, to, oh. to do it. it. It seems to be, which is uncanny because the guys are always like, yeah, I'll, I'll come around, I'll sort her out. But apparently you can't get good guys. There's one guy apparently doing it at the minute, he's got a mask on or something. I don't know, someone have told me about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, is that a true reality? It's honestly unbelievable. Like, I, it's, it's, it is the dream, right? But so many guys, but I think they're worried about stage. Like, I, I also talk a lot about um, erectile um, control, dysfunction. I talk about all that sort of stuff because I've been lucky enough to have a pretty good relationship with that. Mm. But it is something that, so I. I think a lot of guys get camera shy. Because yeah. I think a lot of I, I think, think other guys in the room as yeah, well, or so actually, yeah. you know, pressure on, or like 
it's it's just it, it is actually really it's it's a challenge and it's more here than anything. Oh, it must be. Yeah, it yeah. must be because we all go, oh, we could do that. But then when the camera's on, the lights are flashing. It's like it's showtime. You're like, mm. and there's three people looking at you. So, so last <laughs> last night in this very hotel, no, the night before in this very in this very room, he sat on, on this that very couch. couch. <laughs> 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 I'm getting off the couch. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just checking that the camera's still running. Yeah, we're good. There we go. There we go. We're good. We're good. Yeah, no, no, carry on. Um, so, so <laughs> I thought I was wondering what that stain was. <laughs> I'm joking for the viewers, it's not, there's not, no. <laughs> so I put a call out and I said, look, I'm looking for a guy. Um, got a scene in mind and spoke to him and said, yep, this is the scene. Yep. It's with three, three girls. And yep, showed up and just pretty much said straight away, oh, bro, I can't do this. Like the girls were here, all pretty young, attractive girls. Oh man! And he just like like he was just in here straight. I can't do this. And give him some DMT. It's, and it's so it's, <laughs> it's it's so common, oh. uh, especially in the swingers world and stuff like that. But um, the only way you get better at it is putting yourself in that situation before. I think it's it's exposure, isn't it? It's like mm. a lot of things. I use the gym for an example. People get really fearful, obviously, for people like you and me who go in the gym. It's like, oh, what are you fearful about? It's like I say to people, it's like the first time going to a club. Think about that time. It was a little bit, whoa, man, loud music, boom, boom, everyone, the girls are this. Mm. But it becomes now, it's desensitization. And I imagine it can be the same thing for yeah. guys if they come into an environment where it's attractive women, the camera's on it. It's like, ooh, hang on a minute. Something that I always say, and this would be good for your listeners to, to give it a go, because there are a lot of guys that ask sort of stuff. Mm. So if you've got a partner or a lover or someone who you can communicate about it with, actually ask them if they're okay to just make love to your, to your soft penis. And Why? once you've had that, it, it actually feels really good. But you just take all pressure away to, to get there, and you just, they're, they're just okay with just pleasuring your soft penis. feels amazing. You can ejaculate soft. Really, you can. I have done it, and but it's it's just very interesting. Once you've How done do you that, not get hard though. Well, but but that's the thing. Once the, you've had that experience challenge. of, oh, I I can't keep it soft anymore. It changes something in your mind. Right. You know, once you've had that experience of trying to keep it soft and can't keep it soft, it switches things. Right. You're like, oh, okay. You know, so th- then when you can just surrender and be like, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's fine. So. I always think he knows more than me. He knows what's going on. If he's not working, there's a reason. And yeah. I've got full faith in that now. And so he just, you know, we work well together. There you go. Yeah. Two heads are better than one. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I want to I wanna talk as well yeah. a little bit because I know the audience will really benefit from this. It's something I'm wildly fascinated about. Hence why I had Charles Black on the podcast. I've had Kezia Noble as well. I don't know if you know her. She's a dating expert for men in the UK. Lovely woman. Phenomenal advice. Really, really raw and real stuff. Men seem to be letting the side down um, when it comes to attraction, when it comes to the bedroom antics, hence why you have or had a lot of success with, mm-hmm. um, I think, the tutorial videos in the early days and yeah. the sex education. Why, where do you see, apart from some of the things you've mentioned, the biggest downfalls for guys when it comes to pleasuring women in the bedroom mm-hmm. and how can they go about getting better at that? For example, it seems to be a big theme if it's an overarching one is foreplay. Mm-hmm. A lot of men, they don't know how to foreplay. They want to get straight in. They want hard and fast. They've been watching too much Pornhub in the wrong <sighs> the wrong respects. And, and then they think, fuck, that's how it is. Um, and they think, well, you know, she didn't complain. She didn't this. And it's like, well, a woman necessarily won't. She'll yep. just go elsewhere. And even the noise she was making might have been fake. But to actually give a woman, you know, multiple orgasms and as... 
Charles says, you know, the ace but orgasm and all these and the squirting and all of this other beautiful thing. There's so much going on there, but mm -hmm. guys are just not tapping into it. Mm -hmm. Where do you think, apart from some of the resources you're providing, guys yeah. can start to articulate and better this to provide a better experience for their woman, whether in a relationship or the women they come in contact with? So I'll tell you a stat, and this will blow your mind. Mm. Um, women are 80% more likely to orgasm if you use lube. 80% more likely. Mm -hmm. that oh, you know I'll be in Honey, in honey, in honey Bird that getting that, getting that caramel lube, yeah. <laughs> but so many guys, the, the ego is like, no, she doesn't need it. I get her wet enough. You know what I mean? So many guys have that attitude. It just, and they're missing the point. Yeah, it's, the, not, it's, are, not, it's not it the is, point. It's not the point at all. It's I actually get the same reaction yeah. when I've offered that advice, like in context when someone has asked and I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, you need this to achieve this. And they're like, you don't need that. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm like, yeah. you, no, you're missing the point. I'm not saying it's not a you thing. I'm not saying she isn't getting turned on or wet for you. I'm saying it adds another element. There's it allows you to so do so many things that can contribute to how wet she is. Um, so many, like it, it, if you, yeah, oh, so many that like, even if they're on the pill, you know, like all these sorts of things mm. have effect mm. on, on that. Um, you know, if in air conditioning or, you know, there's so many things that affect it. So that, that's my number one tip. Just always use lube, just mm. use lube, find the one that you like. I use one called spunk and it's like, it's, you can use it, but it's not sticky on your hands. Mm. And so something like that's great. Um, and then the big one foreplay, like you said, use your mouth. Use your mouth, not 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 to lick them, but to communicate. Dude, and dude, talk. yeah, but this. So like, I've actually done a video that showed them what I would do on, on a Tinder date. I'm like, mm. this is how I would do it, and I said to her straight away, "This is what I want you to wear, mm -hmm. and tell me when you're ten minutes away. I want you to pull over and call me." And she, so, so she's done this. She's called me. I'm recording the call, and I'm like, "Can you slip your underwear off, please, for me?" And she's taking it off. And then, and then I've said to her, at every red light from here on out, when you stop, you've got to play with yourself. And as soon as that light turns green, you need to stop playing. And she's done that on the way here. Mate, the guys are scribbling <laughs> these notes down. Woo! Yeah. By the time she got here, she said she was, she, she literally Dripping. had a, a patch. Dripping. Yeah. Just, yeah. just and like, uh, like I'm sending her things like, oh, I sent her a message saying, I can't wait to feel you. You know what I mean? Mm. And she's just like, oh. Women, I mean, women are just such, they're, they're, they're feeling, they're emotional creatures. Yeah. And I think it's all about like that. I mean, I think a really good example is go to a bookstore. How many erotic novels are there for women? How many are there for men? Why is Fifty Shades of Grey the number one selling book of all time? Yeah. And it, I think um, it was Harry Potter, um, that uh, J.K. Rowling, or, or whatever. I fucking got that wrong. Sorry, guys. Harry Potter no, lovers, or whatever it is. It, is that right? No, yeah, it is right. right. It is yeah, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I might have balls it up. I was thinking no, something. But, but it's, it was like eight times that it was, and it just, even that statistic alone tells you it's more the words, the emotions, the feelings, it's the storyline, it's the what if. And it, for a woman, it can start, like you said, hours before the date, days before, oh. like weeks before the date. It's that building, that tension, that tension. Mm. Um, but I think it, uh, guys are just, we're not attuned to this. It seems to be we're not, like women are a little bit more bespoke to, they're a bit tuned into even calibration. I think a really good example is look at a guy, check out a woman, look at a girl, check out a guy. They have no idea. Mm. She's not been looking at me, you know, she's giving you three signs, mate, but you're not getting it. Where a guy will just stare. Yeah. So this is, the, this is, this is it. This is, this is the thing, mm. right? You, you touched on porn before, right? Mm -hmm. 
What's the longest you've been? If this is too personal, that's fine. No, what's, go for it. What's the longest you've gone without ejaculating for? I'd say it'd be close to like a month. Okay. Yeah. Is... I, well, actually, no, it wouldn't. No, no, no. When I was in, but it was because I was in Compra. Ah, okay. And and I was in, I was dieting for a comp, and obviously you used yeah. a sex drive, and that would have been probably, let's say, maybe two months, three okay. months. Yeah. Oh. I tried. Nothing was coming out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, for most guys, and a lot of my clients are in America, mm. and it's normal to ejaculate two, three times a day. Yeah, Just people watch be, porn, get people it done every time before bed, you know, all, all all over the place. And for me, that is a big reason because you can't be fucked. Mm. You, you, you can't be bothered to put that effort into your partner because mm. you don't really care. You can just mm. have a five minute wank and you'll be mm. good. Mm. So what I get all my guys to do is ejaculate once a week, mm. and you'll find that your energy is at peak level, mm. even for gym or something mm. like that. Mm. Your energy is at peak level. You want it more. You've got more desire. You'll put more effort in with the girls. It'll actually feel better. So to me, that is the difference, is actually building that sexual energy. And then once you've built it, um, I got into Tantra quite a fair bit. I'm interested in this. Mm. I've not explored it. I wouldn't mind talking about that. Yeah. But continue yeah. on, I'll probably dive into that. So, so there's like, once you build your sexual energy, you can feel it. You know, like guys say they get blue balls and stuff like that. Yeah, you, so, no, but you like feel it in like your belly button. Right? Yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. I've felt that before. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is this? So you can actually build sexual energy but the challenge is, and this is what Tantra did for me, learning to move it through your whole body. That Yeah, because it yeah. seems to stay there. And yeah. you're like, got to get rid of it. Exactly, exactly. So, And you can't sleep and stuff like that. And then I learned how to circulate it, actually with breath. Right. Yeah. Circulate it through your body. And, oh, and and now I can do that during sex. So it's more of a, it's not just locked in here. It's like, because people talk about the full body organ. Exactly. Right, and is that what we're referring to yeah. when we're moving that energy around the body? Yeah. Uh, I've had orgasms with no touch, no physical touch. Yeah, this is, I've heard about this, but this is kind of part, one of the reasons people want to get into Tantra. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of the same in the female world as well. We've got all these different types of orgasms that a lot of people aren't even aware of, and that is you can make a woman orgasm without even touching it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is the psychological stimulus, which we were talking about before. It's like, ooh, what emotions can I elicit? You know, how can we use tonations, words, um, feelings? How can we, you know, it's like an elixir mm. for all of that coming in. Um, the Salt Art of Not Giving a Fuck by, uh, he's written uh, Mark uh, Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Models. Okay. He talks about that. He says, don't wank all the time. Because one, like you said, you're lazy, you're not gonna be hungry for it, but you lose this, you lose this clarity and you lose the sensitization because you're always you know, going at it really hard or whatever yeah. it is yep. you're doing. And then you sort of lose that ability when you're with a woman for it to, like you said, feel good or even sometimes to even ejaculate anyway mm. because you're just so desensitized to doing it yourself. And then the other thing is if you're watching extreme porn mm. and you're just having average sex at home, it's going to be nothing. Yeah. You know, if you're watching, you know, this crazy, you know, choking, you know, anal or whatever and you're just, you know, it's just, it gets like, eh. So that's the other thing that that bad porn is representing, mm. that that's normal. That Because most people end up going more and more and more extreme to get that same high, right? Mm. Um, so what I do is I've got a course called um, Men's Multiple Orgasm Challenge, and it actually takes you through, kind of weans you off porn, and it gets you to, we take masturbate and we call it self-pleasure, which is what we call it in the tantric world, mm -hmm. and you change it from how you do it to change things up. Maybe 
and this this will sound weird, okay, but like touch the rest of your body, mm. you know. So kind of have a little bit of foreplay with yourself. Mm. Breathe, make some noise. Maybe start it in the bath. Start with your left hand, mm. you know, or, or even just in a different position. So many guys masturbate in the exact same position. In the, uh, you, you know what I mean? With so the just, same sock. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, but then they just want to do the same position with their partner. So start with yourself. This is a good key Change point. it up. Slow it down even. Make it a bit more of an experience. Mm. Then once you've done that, you can take that in with a lover. It's that analogy of like, hey, let's watch Jurassic Park tonight. And you go, yeah, great, cool. And you say, let's watch Jurassic Park tomorrow night. And you're like, well, we can't just say I know what happens. Okay, maybe. And it's the same thing. And guys, like the girls know, he's like, he's going to do this. And he's going to do that. And then he's going to do that. Yeah. And it's like... Really? That's so predictable. Um, I know I was in my own head for a long time and that was one of the things I talked to about Charles was, you know, how do you know when to do X, when to do Y? It's like, well, that's kind of part of the fun. It depends on the scenario. If you're out and about, maybe it's going to be a little bit quick and fast because you're in public. You know, you're in an elevator or whatever it is. Like, you're not going to start, you know, playing the long game there. But again, it's about, I think, keeping it fresh and keeping Mm -hmm. it spontaneous, which is... A, a really, really big part of where couples, even couples who have been in relationships for a long time, go wrong. Um, role play, and that was a oh. really big one too. I'm big, I'm big in the role play, yeah. guys. So there you go. There's but just a... communication. Mm. So un- unless you have those sorts of like, basically, in one of my courses, I create the safe space thing for communication. So mm. all it is is you'll you'll be speaking, and I'll just be receiving. So you'll just be saying. I feel, right? And then before you notice it, you're saying, oh, I've, you're feeling stuff and you're saying it that you didn't know that you felt. And because mm. it's a safe place and, and the other person is going, thank you, what else do you feel? And then you can go, I'd love to experience or something like that. And before you know it, you're like talking about these things that you'd love to experience. Or I'd love to, you know, and I've had so many couples that have done it that have been like, oh, we ended up doing this that we spoke about. And until you start talking about that stuff, if you just pretend, oh, now our sex life is good, you know, la, la, la. Mm. Just explore, communicate about it. Mm. Yeah, you've got to verbalise it. Cause yeah. you got to make it real, don't you? Mm. And like you said, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, it's good. It's, like, it's a bit, maybe it's a bit, I think it's an old school mentality, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, it is. I don't think always, because I know that if we keep going back and depending on the cultural aspect of it, like, you know, you look at Tantra, I think more the Eastern world is a little bit more in touch with that. You look at the Eastern medicines, everything's a bit more aromatherapy. You look at massage, you know, all of those um I guess, um, therapies, they're, they're a little bit different. And, and people seem to be, even, I'll use another example, my, my mom's Italian, a lot of my family is European. When you go over there, you hug and kiss, it's just what you do. It's not necessarily a sexual thing, but people are more touchy-feely. You mentioned a really salient point before about touching yourself or being touched in other places. I found a lot of, for me, women from this part of the world that I've been or experienced, they are less adventurous than people who are more well-traveled or come from a different yeah. cultural, cultural background. The way they express themselves in a sexual way is very different. Very closed off here, I find, and, and that's just a generalization, I'm not having to go at it. It just seems to be so, like your, your, your upbringing, your experiences have a massive effect, and then obviously your self-confidence, self-worth, and all of those things. I find a lot of people very, get very self-conscious when their clothes come off. Um, I think it's a really big thing where people, you know, they want to put, they want to turn the lights off all the time, you know, and that can be hard for one of the partners because if they're a visual person, they might get off on the visual. You're you're taking away one of the senses, right? So interesting mm. in that respect. Mm. Mm. And, and I think that is like that vulnerability as well. Like that is to me 
like vulnerability is so sexy when you can go there with someone. Um, Biggest and, part of attraction, I yeah. Think. And men can't show it. Lots yeah, of time. yeah. So when and and honestly, it, it is on the men to show it first because the women will feel a lot stronger if you show that first, and then they'll go. Talk gets them to be vulnerable, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because it's like I'm gonna play something there, and then the woman kind of goes, "Well, I'll play something there, <laughs> yeah. and you play something there." Yeah. And it's I, I, that's the analogy I, I use in there for. It's a perfect one. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're not willing to sort of play that card, how can you accept? Yeah. And that's that's kind of a broken ideology, really, because men are like, well, I'm hard, I'm, I'm the rock, I'm the anchor, I don't cry, I don't show any, but it's like, but by doing that, you're actually closing yourself mm. off to the opportunities, or even to create relationships that are non-sexual around you, where people can, you know, especially for me as a coach, to be able to empathize, create rapport, trust, and respect with someone, I have to share my experiences with them to some degree for them to go, well, actually, this is kind of the way I'm feeling and this is how I'm internalizing it. And now I can better serve and help you because you've shared this with me, you know, because but I put something there first, you know, perhaps to, to kind of open that and elucidate it. So yeah. I think you're bang on with that. Mm. Some good stuff. Um, I want to ask as well with the OnlyFans, what is some of the funniest moments or, or the, the, I guess, the most embarrassing moments or things where you've gone, oh, fuck, hang on a minute, what's going on oh. here? That's happened. Over the over your time filming, I certainly um, I do enjoy public stuff, and you need to be a little bit careful with that because it is technically illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've done <laughs> I've done during COVID, uh, middle of Brisbane City. Nice. Um, that could have been the perfect time, wasn't it? Yeah. Less people well, there. there wasn't, but there was people walking past, and some stopping and and, and just watching. And um, and I actually I I love squirting. And um, it, it wasn't planned until afterwards, but we did the scene and then we came back up and we're looking at it and literally we did it up against the wall and there was a fire hydrant on the other side of the wall oh, that had like a, you know, water, beware of water and I'm making a square on the other side of this wall and the sign is perfectly there and there's like this guy stopping and it was just like, it was definitely a pretty out there experience. That would have been funny. The yeah. viewers would have been like, is that is that is that real or is yeah. that a yeah? Because squirting is one of those things that it's it's been normal to me for a long time. Yeah, like maybe let's nip that in the bud. There's a lot of people who think, and there's a lot of women who think that it's impossible. Like yeah. certain, it's like you're a, you like the tongue twister thing, like the genetic ability to mm. twist your tongue. That people think it's a squirting thing. Like you either can or you can't. Everyone can. speak to that. Everyone Please can. speak to that. Uh, I have because I would like you to really yeah, slay that myth as well. Yeah, I, I honestly have a ninety nine percent strike rate, and That's pretty and, and, I've, and I've done it a lot. <laughs> and okay, so if you can't do it, um, th- there's a few keys, right? Mm-hmm. Generally, it's because the girl is holding, like storing their core. They're just tightening up because they think they're going to piss, right? One hundred percent. That's the feeling. Um, so the first way to combat that is legs up. You, you, you try and flex when your legs are up, it's very hard. So I get mm. legs right up and it helps them to, well, they, they, they don't have a choice, they relax. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, if they can't do it that way, I'll get them to stand. And it's just, I think just gravity helps and the legs, you know, it, it's a lot harder to kind of contract. And yeah, so it's just like, but it's just a come, a come to me motion. Mm-hmm. So, so these two are into the, towards the bum hole. And these two are just pulling back to yourself. And it's just literally and for people on YouTube, you need to watch this on yeah. YouTube, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for people listening, jump over to YouTube if you're not, because <laughs> you need to see the visuals. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and and again, in the tantric world, 
for some women that just do it, it's just like, it, it's a different type of orgasm. But if you can learn to circulate that energy mm. and like I've seen, like that, that, that's where you literally see the girls that like are shaking from. Yeah, that's, 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 that yeah. also seems to be from experience like an A-spot orgasm too, where you can kind of stay on that level where you know obviously with the g spot it gets a bit sensitive and whatnot mm. and you kind of got to move away from it the clitoris etc but the a spot you can really just kind of keep building keep building and i think again lube is a is a key mm. thing there yep but yep. i mean you might disagree oh look it's just one of those things once once a woman can can circulate that energy as well like it's just yeah they can have like i've they just looked, can't stop it yeah 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 it's just about that, that getting that sexual energy flowing and I think like for a lot of guys listening out there as well, it's good to in- understand that women are sexual creatures mm-hmm. uh, and they leave us for dead. Yeah. So don't think that women don't like sex. If you, if you believe that, you know nothing about women. They were designed for it, yeah. Yeah. literally. And, and when you make it safe for them. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of times when I do the squirting, um, I don't do it. You're not necessarily putting pressure on the woman well, to say, oh, I, I, I actually used to get paid for it. So I've been paid for it. And and think about it this way. If you're a man and you're 40 years old and you've never ejaculated, how like yeah, you much get, tension you'd have in your eye. You're right? going to be a bit pent up about yeah, it. No wonder they're pissed off when their husband doesn't take out the, 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 you know, the rubbish or whatever. Mm. So once you can release that valve, like I've literally had people like screaming and crying and it's literally like it's been stored for so long. So think about it like that. So I'd often do it. Like not on a like, I'm not trying to have sex with them after. I'm literally just doing it to honor their body and to help them have a release because it literally is a release. Mm. So yeah, I've done it that way and that kind of yeah. Kind I, of. I think yeah, it, it, for a lot of women it would be, though it's like a lot of women who have never actually had an orgasm or a, a prop one they don't know or perhaps an internal orgasm. It's more just clitoral all the time. It can be like, holy shit. Yeah. And then that can kind of set aside a whole new set of emotions and, and depending on the relationship status, et cetera. So mm. sounds like you're paying it forward, my friend, <laughs> in, <laughs> in many respects. Yeah. So what now for the future? What going forward with yourself, with OnlyFans, with your sexual mastery courses, if that's what we want to call yeah. it, uh, other endeavors in photography and media, mm. videography? Um, I think just go bigger. Like we have touched on, I definitely want to change what porn is. That's mm. one of my big things. I want to make the new generation not just think that they just walk in and, you know, jackhammer girls and that it's, you know, all of that stuff. That's what I love about OnlyFans is it's changing what porn is. It's changing what guys, you know, see. And for, for a kid, I know for me, that's how I learned about sex. Mm. Was, you know, I saw that sort of stuff and it is definitely the wrong message. So that's definitely something that I'm enjoying doing that. Um, but also... I think just keep going bigger and, and keep helping other people. Like like we're talking about the referrals. There's a girl that I know, she's at $23 at an Irish pub just down there for eight years. She made $12,000 in her first month and OnlyFans quit her job. She's like, mm. you know what I mean? It, it's literally changing lives. So just helping more people like that. And yeah, who knows? Yeah. Mm. And I think that's probably one of the best parts about it or the thing that I respect is the education. If you're going in that route with it, you know, I think just 
there's like any industry we talked about before, it depends on the intention behind it. You know, if you're just like, I just want to make a dollar, it's like, okay, well, again, there's other things, but are you passionate about that? Or are you just someone whose, you know, love language is physical touch? And if it is, and that's the way you can make money and you love it, and you're not, you know, and you're, if anything, giving pleasure and giving love and receiving it, then more power to you. I think if you're educating it, because we need more education on yeah. this, this is what kind of got led me onto Kezia Noble, Charles Black, all of the, the people and the zealots, and there's a lot of bullshit ones out there, as you probably know. But, you know, there's just so much misinformation. It's like the fitness industry, but obviously a lot more taboo, where we need people to bring more education about what is real, what is actual, rather than, yeah, guys are watching porn, hub, or the traditional porn and thinking that's how, we like, that's how we're meant to make love to women, or that's how we're meant to have sex with women, and it couldn't be further from the mm. truth. So I really respect that. Mm. And to play devil's advocate on the opposite side of it, because a lot of people have thought about doing this. I'd be lying if I didn't think about doing this, right? Yeah. I love sex. People who know me well know that. You know, I'm a good-looking fella. There's money to be made there, right? Yeah. But for me, I also think about... I run a professional business, right? In the health and fitness space, I coach obviously younger individuals. I'm on YouTube, I'm on podcasting now, et cetera, but I like to talk about these things. I think about that content and about maybe where it could go with it. So what are maybe some of the drawbacks of OnlyFans mm. for people who may benefit from perhaps dabbling a little bit, but then they might put themselves in a bit of a awkward position. So let me paint you a picture. So I do OnlyFans and, and I might not do well, I might not like it, right? Or I might. But regardless, that content's out there. And to make good content, it's got to be good. You got to be fully naked. You got to be making love. You got to be doing some. Let's make no hairs and butts about it. You got to do the raunchy stuff. In 20 years on, I've got a family. I've got a wife and I've got a daughter. And my daughter comes home from school and she says, Dad, I seen a video of you doing the teacher <laughs> or something or teaching her some biology. Mm. How you know? How do you go? Where do you go from there? I mean, is that a real? Is that a real thing? Have I you know? Have I maybe been too specific with that, or is that the reality of it? It's definitely a lot of people's hesitation. Mm. For me, I know I'm going to be the type of dad that's going to be fully open about all that sort of stuff, and yeah, and I'm pr I'm proud of it, and I'll be proud to like I'm proud with anyone that speaks to me, and and, and that is the reason that I have not really had anyone like make a big deal over it because mm. I don't care. Mm. You know, I'm proud of it. And I think that it's only the people that hide it and then they get caught out that it's like this thing. So I think... You're, you're aligned with it. Yes. It's, it, like you said, it is truly your lifestyle mm. and who you yes. are. And it's not something new for you. Yeah. Based on this conversation, it yeah. sounds like you've had a background yeah. and a past in this, which has led to that. But for some people, maybe it is a deal break. So, so if you're going to make it, you need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with the fact that it, it might come out. Because there has been, um, and, and I won't name names, but there are couples that have been disowned by family members, um, which is a shame. But, you know, I, I mean, from a professional perspective, I can understand how it was linked to a business and whatnot. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. But, you know, I guess it depends on the person. You know, yep. it depends on what your personal situation is and if you maybe have to protect other people. Uh, maybe that's a good way to phrase it. Um, I, what do your parents think about it out of interest? Um, do your parents know? Yeah, they love it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Are your parents like very much like you though? Do you come from that no, same background? My dad's a typical Aussie guy, but when I showed him that I was making fifty grand a month, he went, oh, "Good on you! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Get us a beer and son, yeah, yeah. you bloody beauty." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. kind of like that. Um, but but also like it really wouldn't worry me if they weren't. Mm. Um, I don't know. And like as far as friends go. If friends aren't willing to support you, they're probably not really that much of your friend. This is true. You know, this like, is true. They're probably not my people if they're going to judge me for that. And, um, you, and your mum, she's cool with it. She oh, she yeah, yeah. Oh, or anything. No, my mum's like, she, like I said, she did ayahuasca. She's so out there. She's Fuck, yeah. she's asking me for advice and yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's like fucking old love and meet the fuckers <laughs> she, yeah, doing the sexual tantric massage. The waves come in. The waves go out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. So she's fully she's supportive. She's like real curious about it and um, yeah, super supportive. Um, but also I've been pretty open like. Yeah, fair in, in my, So when I was 19, I was polyamorous. So I had two girlfriends mm. when I was 19. So I brought two girlfriends to Christmas so they got to know about me pretty, pretty young. That's, uh, that's probably worth noting as well. The polyamory seemed uh, a couple of years ago here, it seemed like a bit of a theme, like people were trying out. Like now in 2021, you can more than ever be who you want to be, yeah. you know. I can't keep up, and this is no disrespect, but gay, lesbians, you know, people are associate. People are taking it too far. They're associated with yeah. lampshades. I don't think that's yeah. quite right. But you know, again, whoever you want to be and whatever you want to do, more power to you. The, the polyamory—that's a very interesting topic. Obviously, Hugh, Hugh Hefner was kind of one of the icons of that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Neil Strauss, but listening to his work, you know, he was someone who was a journalist who went into that pickup community and he learned all about this pickup. And he, he written a couple of books after that, where he was trying to discover polyamory because he couldn't hold a relationship together, and it went back to this enmeshment in his relationship with his mom when he was younger, and all of this other stuff that went on. But even just the intricacies of polyamory is actually very, it, it's not easy. Uh, maybe, could you speak to that a little bit? Because I think it's an incredibly interesting topic mm. and I don't think people maybe would quite understand. I think it's a, that sounds cool, I'll be that because it's awesome, I get to be multiple checks. I think that's the guy perspective, maybe the initial, yeah. but, but there's more to managing and even maintaining a healthy polyamorous because anyone can walk around with two girls but to actually have a loving relationship I think that's different yeah and it really comes back to knowing you like the, the human needs mm. um, and love languages and stuff like that and it's just basically being able to identify and communicate what I'm feeling for you am I feeling your human needs and if not you know can we find someone else who can you know we can work together to do that um, so it, it's, it's honestly a lot of communication, like you need to really have communication on point and not take offense to things, really be open to that conversation. It can be a beautiful thing, I've seen it work really well, um, but it is normally that you've got the polar opposite sort of thing. You'd have, you know, if it's two guys, you'd kind of have a manly guy who chops down the trees and then a guy that likes keeping the kitchen tidy and, you know, stuff like that. Or with two girls, you'd have, you know, the, the different styles within that, that, that work well together. Mm. Like, you wouldn't want to have two of the same girlfriends because it would just be too hard. They'd mm. have the same needs and you'd have, you know, you couldn't fill their cup enough. Mm. So it's almost like finding a way, okay, two of us can't fill each other's cups. Can the three of us work together to fill each other's cups? So that's kind of, I, I guess, a way to, to think about that. Um, I've had 
two polyamorous relationships. The first one, I was young and I, I didn't really have any heartbreak or any jealousy in me and they were best friends. So it worked so well. It really worked well. Sometimes we'd all sleep together. Some There was no... Was it, did it happen organically? 100%. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 100%. And, and, it, and it was really good. And they they had to move home. So that's kind of the only reason that, you know, but they introduced me to swingers and stuff. But that was a really good one. And then I've had one recently. And, it, and it's a lot of work. It's mm. a lot of work. Um, and you really, and I even did the thing of like having the total opposite. So I had kind of the young hippie, really beautiful energy. And I had the older sort of mother hen who made sure I, you know, helped me with my cleaning and, you know, stuff like that. But it's, even for me, who's very good at communication, you, re- you really need to put into filling, filling the cups and, and stuff like that. So it, it is a pretty hard thing, to be honest. I think, like I said, the dream is amazing, but actually... I think it's like an actual relationship. It takes work. Yeah. And I, and I say this a lot on my channel where, you know, people are, feel entitled towards a relationship, I think, in this era, where everything, you know, whether it's the business, whether it's a physique, whether it's, you know, a project, it all takes effort. But for some reason, this uh, ideology of a relationship seems like, well, I'm, I'm owed this. That's... You know, I deserve that. Well, not necessarily. Why should that be any different? And then the honeymoon period after that initial 12 months is over and now, you know, that person you're with is is a little different and and maybe, you know, it's not as spontaneous and now the sex isn't good anymore and all of this and it takes work. So I imagine it's like that, but times two. But why would it it not be? You know, I think, again, people romanticize these ideas in their head and make them out to be something that in reality perhaps they're not. You know, um, in many ways. A lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work indeed. A lot of work indeed. Um, I want to get into some rapid fire questions before we wrap fire. up, mate. There's, there's a lot of other questions I've got, but I want to be respectful of <laughs> time. Um, the, the first one is, and these are just a bit more fun and lighthearted, and they'll tailor them to you a bit. But the first one is, which I ask all my guests, if you could choose a superpower, what would it be and why? And you can make one up. Mm, um, I'm expecting some good answers from you. No pressure. Definitely like that. That my favourite thing is going somewhere else, going to that other dimension. Like, oh, yeah. So I guess it's like that time travel. Yeah, it? time travel. Being able to go to another dimension and like there's a there's a TV series called Travelers or something like that. But it was like after doing my journey, I'm like, I want to be able to do that. So probably that. It's an amazing feeling. Right. So the, okay. So I'm gonna with that respond. That's because yep. that's a, that's that le- that's gonna lead on to this next question. I yep. will ask you this one. This is a collection of them. If you could invite multiple people for dinner, let's cap it at four. Mm-hmm. Dead or alive? Yep. Round the table yep. tonight yep. for food. Who would you invite? Tony Robbins. Um, Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Hefner. Yeah, man. My man. Paul uh, yeah, <laughs> mm, And Nelson Mandela. Nice. That's good. I love how you were just barely definitive on that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. What a crew. Imagine the conversation. That isn't it? Well, it would be extremely. I'd be getting out on a podcast. I would be just turning that mic on for sure. I'm like, what? How'd you get these guys? Um, and my last uh, rapid fire question. Is and I think this will be a good one for you as well, Rob. If you can get a message out there, and I know you've got a great 
following and a lot of exposure and a lot of reach. But uh, it would be a almost like a little paraphrase. It could be a little image and it could be a little phrase of text mm -hmm. that everyone would see on social media. So it's like this one golden ticket post that everyone is going to see in their feed. Instagram, Facebook, social, what? message would you want to deliver oh. to people and it can be totally related to what we talked about today or it can be completely different mm. i'm gonna go a little bit corny but i really believe it um is you can have it all that's something i say all the time of course i can have it all i don't have to choose one or the other i can have it all you can mm. have it all so definitely, and if you can if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Like that sort of like you can have it all. Mm. It's a great message. Mm. Yeah, resonates with me, my friend. Yeah. I'm a very optimistic. Person. So many people are too scared to dream big. Like dream big. Like imagine being Obama. I heard a story about him when he was like ten or something. Mm. He had a vision of him being the president of America. Imagine how ridiculous that idea was. Exactly. That is ridiculous. People would have laughed to, to, to the days. But he he saw it and, and he dreamed it. It's balls to dream that big, and mm. that's what happened. I think it's true. What do they call them now? Hugs. Huge, unbelievably great goals. Yeah. And you need them, man. I mean, dare to dream. If you can't visualize it and imagine it, it will not happen. Send it. That's it. Literally. <laughs> Send, Send it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to these days, yeah. my friend. Yeah. You know, you've got to, I mean, why not? As far as I'm aware, you know, at this stage of my life with my current experience, as far I don't think, I don't know if we get a do-over, so why not enjoy it? Like, what if this is all a gift? And like, it's like we will never be here again having this conversation. Yeah. And that's something I've been practicing a lot lately is being more present and like just really enjoying the conversations, the interactions, the experiences, good or bad, and accepting it all for what it is and embracing it. And me and Aaron have been talking lately as well while we've been training, like, you know, he's been overthinking, he's coming in, he's going to be in the training world soon as well. And I said, you know, don't overthink it. And he said the same to me the other day because I sort of caught, got caught up and he's like, remember what you keep saying to me? And I said, it's true. And then he said, remember whatever will be, will be. And now I would have told you fuck off for telling me that five years ago. But the more experience I gather on this earth, the more I'm open to things. And I truly, I truly realize it is. Mm. Like these shifts in your perceptions and in your mindsets and your actions. And when there's alignment, things kind of flow. And if it is meant to be, it will be, because all of those things will come together to make it happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it starts to make sense. And I think this maybe goes back to the first thread of conversation we were having about like that foresight, that perspective that it gives you. That's like, why am I worrying about this mm -hmm. shit? It's already sorted, it's already mm -hmm. planned out. Mm -hmm. Now I just gotta enjoy the journey and yeah. trust the process. Yes. It's probably a really enjoy big thing. Enjoy the ride, 100%. All right. Yeah, we're talking about crypto and it's been a big ride, but you know, I've lost you know, 50K in a day. Mm. And I've been completely fine with it because I'm just enjoying the ride, you know? It's only money, more, more will come. I'll manifest more with my mind tomorrow, it's sweet. That's it. I mean, you can't have the good without the bad. You can't yeah. have the yin without the yang, yeah. can you? Like, yeah. you can't have the ups without the downs. It doesn't, it doesn't make it fun. Enjoy the ride. It's like, imagine a roller coaster that was just straight. Yeah. Be shit. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the ride. And my last question, which I ask all my guests, is, Rob, it's a bit more serious in nature mm -hmm. in terms of the depth of it, but, can you identify a fear in your life? Uh, what it was, it might be something you still have, mm -hmm. uh, what you did to overcome it or what you are doing to overcome it mm -hmm. and what you learned from this fear. Fear. Such a powerful emotion. Mm. Something that comes to mind is um, In ayahuasca, 
a word kept coming to me, integrity. And there was things that I'd done that were out of integrity. And, and I knew, I knew, as soon as that word came in, a, a memory came in, right? And I'd really been kicking myself for that, for, for doing something that was out of integrity. And I hadn't forgiven myself. And through that process, I forgave myself for what I'd done. And it also made me go from now on, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things from integrity. I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm not just gonna check in with my dick or with, you know, I'm gonna go head, heart and dick and let's make a decision together, is this in, in integrity? So that that was a big shift for me and definitely something that, like I think I had that part of me that I didn't accept, probably that predator uh, was a part of me I didn't accept and I kind of shoved him away and then it'd come out like in, in, in a bad way. So that was probably the fear of like, that the predator would come out. And once I accepted that fear and I learned how to use his energy and his passion in my everyday life, it completely shifted things. So probably that. Rather than pushing that fear, that predator down, embrace him, use him as your passion. And yeah. There you go. Mm. I think that's an incredibly uh, little cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> or a convenient way to, to round out what's been a very, <laughs> very wide array and interesting conversation, my friend. Diverse. We've touched based on flaccid penises, <laughs> yeah. OnlyFans, ayahuasca, yeah. and, you know, a lot of lube. So, yeah. I mean, if you're not all lubed up after this one, guys, yeah. I, I don't know uh, what you will be. But Rob, I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah. you for sharing it openly. I really appreciate it. I know the listeners are going to really love this one. People always love talking about this topic and just people being real and yep. raw. Yep. For people who want to find out more, you know, yep. you mentioned a lot of links, a lot of things, you yep. know, with your, your coaching, obviously your OnlyFans and videography. Yeah. Where can people reach out, Folly? Where's the best place to go? They're all in one. I'll, I'll give it, it's my link tree. I think it's just link Perfect. tree, sexual mastery. But Easy. Easy. Everything's there. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. And guys, I will put that link in the show notes below. Whether you're watching on YouTube, you're joining us here now, or you're listening in the car, wherever you are on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite media platforms. And I will say, guys, I appreciate all the new subscribers. Make sure as well, if you're watching this video and you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell icon for weekly videos. Really appreciate it. Like, comment, tell us, what did you like? What, what, what do you want to hear from Rob? You know, have you got any questions for us? Drop them in the comments below. We really appreciate it. Make sure you share this with someone like you. Share it around because, you know, someone like you is going to want to listen to this and it helps the channel grow. And for those of you who are listening on iTunes or Spotify, please, if it is safe to do so, guys, leave a rating and review. It really, really helps the channel grow. I really appreciate it. And of course, until next time, stay fearless. Yeah. Cheers, brother. You. Appreciate it. <laughs>